This week on EXM, Witcher 3 graduates with honors. The latest Batman game wants to fulfill all your kick-punch combo needs. Ubisoft says the next Assassin's Creed will be better, we promise. Oculus Rift releases hefty PC requirements for their upcoming retail launch. We play some Grand Theft Auto V as the battle for doubloons rages on in the Nexus, and we take a hard look at intentionally dumb games. Shouldn't we expect more for a hard-earned dollar? All that and more, coming up in 30 seconds on EXM. How are you, gentlemen? All your podcasts are belong to us. You're now listening to the exclamation mark. Welcome to the Exclamation Mark Podcast. All your podcasts are belong to us. I am Crofton Steers, one of your two gregarious hosts, here to talk video games this week with my compadre, my buddy, my pal, my friend, my co-host, Bo Schwartz. Bo, how are you doing? Hello, Crofton. Hello, Exclamation Mark Podcast listeners. Welcome to another edition of this fine program. Yeah, it's... uh, it's another edition, that's for sure. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to this week. There's been a lot of stuff that's gone on, and um, and we're we're heading to uh, a couple of games that I'm looking forward uh, to playing. Their release dates are coming up, and so uh, yeah, I'm getting excited about gaming. It's been a bit of a dry spell, so also E3 season just around the corner. That's right. Everybody's talking E3. Um, do you care about E3? Kind of no, um, but I do love the deluge of uh, game trailers that, you know, hit the internet during that week. Because uh, generally there's something in there that I'm excited about. So I'm looking forward to getting... I feel like I've already gotten excited about the new Deus Ex uh, Mankind Divided trailer. But um, That's right. I'm oh, yeah. sure there'll be something. Well, see, this is this is it. Like, there's like a cycle of... Um, of games that are announced at E3 and then uh, we get a little bit of information we get like sort of a reveal trailer then a little bit of information then a little bit more information and then a release date and then the release date is delayed and then the release date is delayed a second time and then finally the game comes out and um, a couple of those games recently like Evolve uh, is one that I think of uh, that showed well at E3 and then kind of people petered out of interest maybe uh, Titanfall is another I think it may have won game of show at E3 one year and then kind of petered out pretty quickly afterwards so I, I kind of feel like it's a long a long process from being shown at E3 to being released and um, and uh, sometimes games can't withstand the constant scrutiny Watch Dogs was another big one it was announced it was a big reveal at E3 and then took forever to come out and then when it did you know people were like eh. great now you've got me all anxious about the new Doom game Cause Doom game that was like recent that was on the news sites I think today or recently that uh, there was a teaser there was a teaser for the teaser trailer for the upcoming uh, Doom thing it's literally like three seconds of footage uh, double-barreled shotgun and some skeleton guy with rocket 
jetpack rocket launchers backpack thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is the world we live in. So I'll be Teasers waiting like three years for the next Doom game after seeing the trailer in a few weeks and being maybe disappointed. Uh, hopefully not. Okay, so is Doom the thing you're most hoping for, looking I, forward for? As far as I know, what's been promised to be at E3 is definitely going to be a Doom trailer. Then I look forward to seeing... I like the Doom franchise, so I'm looking forward to seeing what kind of disgusting monsters and stuff is going to be in it. Any other games? You're... Um, well, I'm hoping Blizzard has some stuff to show. Uh, you know, they they sort of tend to show stuff year-round, but uh, so I'm not sure if they're going to be there, but um, if there's any Overwatch-related things, I'd be excited. Well, Activision will be there for sure. Um, I, know, I know that um, a couple of people, a couple companies are having press conferences this year that don't normally. Normally, it's like Sony, Nintendo, Microsoft, that's it. Nintendo sat out the past couple of years, done their own thing. Uh, but Ubisoft and EA ha have kind of stepped up. But now you've got players like Bethesda that are having their own press conference. I think Square Enix is having their own as well. So that that leads me to think that they've got a lot um, in, in the pipe. And Square Enix, for instance, we know about De uh, Deus Ex. We know about Final Fantasy XV. They released a demo for that. We know about um, the Rise of the Tomb Raider uh, game so maybe you know they're going to show those maybe they have more stuff but what i'm most excited for are the new reveals because when i talked about that cycle uh about how they're announced and then all this shit and then they go through te uh, tease after tease reveal after reveal with the witcher 3 coming out tomorrow and batman arkham knight coming out next month i feel like aside from metal gear solid 5 they're at the end of a cycle of like teasing and showing and then finally putting out the games. So I, I'm interested for the next cycle to begin. Like the next, what are the games that I don't know about? Like games that I haven't even thought about, maybe new IPs. I'm hoping that will be uh, revealed at E3. I'm hoping to see something new that blows my mind. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm hoping too. Uh... But Maybe I, some VR. I don't spend too much time thinking about it. Once uh, once E3 begins, then we'll we'll see. You know, I. Fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. So let's talk about stuff that's a little more closer to home. Uh, the news of the week in in this week's readme.txt. All right. I always love that sound. Gets me head bopping. Yeah, that's some real uh, gaming hip-hop music there, you know? Mo yeah. Modem so, rap. It's the new type of rap that's just around the corner. <laughs> All right, let's start. I just mentioned The Witcher, so let's get right into it. Witcher 3 is uh, getting tons of great reviews, and in fact, it's only the ninth game to ever get a GameSpot perfect score, which is a 10 out of 10. Um, but not just GameSpot, a lot of a lot of uh, positive reviews for The Witcher 3. Bo, have you played any of The Witcher games? I So The Witcher games are one of the few games that are constantly on sale for like four dollars on yeah. steam so i i think i own both the witcher one and two i've played maybe a couple of hours of witcher one 
and maybe 20 minutes of Witcher 2. <laughs> I've barely touched it. I'm still excited for the third one, but um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit like, well, I haven't played the first two. How much do I really want the third one? You know, it, It's funny how that works. Eh? The, the, the hype train and like reviews and everything, how yeah. they can make you want something you don't even think that you should want. Um, and I'm a little different. I played, okay, so... Uh, same deal. I own both Witcher 1 and Witcher 2. I put in a sizable amount of time into Witcher 1 well after it was released. Like both games were out. I was even thinking of skipping straight to Witcher 2, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try this game. Uh I I enjoyed it quite a bit, although it was like one of CD Project Red's earlier games. It was kind of like um there's a lot of like PC hardcoreness to it. It wasn't necessarily super user friendly or anything. And then, then Witcher 2, um, it also came out on Xbox 360, so it was a little more console-friendly, but still there's a lot of – there's kind of obtuse systems. Like you're making a lot of potions and putting poisons on your blades and, and different things. The combat was better. Story was better. Um, it's not – it wasn't open world. It was more like uh, we talked about Deus Ex and how they have those kind of like hub areas. It was kind of the same deal. Each chapter had kind of a hub area. So I like I like that, but you know what? I didn't finish it. So I, I got pretty far uh, and I, I didn't finish it. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I didn't love it. And so now there's been all this hype, The Witcher 3 open world and all this. I, I, it sounds cool. Witcher uh, 3, have you met Skyrim before? <laughs> and it's like, well, everybody's yeah. been influenced, and I finished Dragon Age Inquisition recently. Everybody's influenced by Skyrim. I like Skyrim. Everyone likes Skyrim. So if it's Witcher meets Skyrim, maybe I want, maybe I want to play that. You know, I, I don't know. Well, I went on a rant about open world games a few episodes ago, so you know how much of a selling point that is for me. I'm like, oh, open world? Like, who cares? But, but you like Skyrim. I do like Skyrim, but Skyrim seems like the closest thing to Skyrim. Uh, I, like I'm, I, you know what? I this is what's going to happen with me and The Witcher. It's gonna, I'm gonna wait for it to go on sale for five bucks. I'm gonna buy it. I'll play it for a few hours. Maybe I'll get hooked on it. Maybe I won't. The first two certainly didn't do that. So, I, yeah. I will say that it's it has uh, also extremely high graphical requirements. Uh, my PC starting to age out a little bit. I can still play a lot of things, but I think if I got The Witcher Three, I'd get it on PS4, um, which th- that version supposedly de- pretty good. So now, uh, yeah, b- b- my PC's worse than yours. So, but I'll still play a game even if the graphic. I'm not as much of a graphics whore as you are. Oh, I'm a graphics whore. Yeah, like you, you, you give it up for the graphics. But uh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, what I'm, and it's funny because I don't play any of their games, but what I'm really excited about is CD Projekt Red's Cyberpunk 2077. I don't know if you've seen the trailer for this. Yeah, I've seen it. It makes, it's, it's the most amazing, and it's not even gameplay, I have no idea, but I'm hoping that that's the CD Projekt Red game that really, you know, entices me to play the thing through. Well, they took they took a bunch of people off that to finish The Witcher, uh, and now that The Witcher's out the door, I'm sure that like they'll go full tilt on that. Maybe who knows? Maybe at E3, maybe they'll reveal oh, something. Oh, there's one I want to see at E3. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Now, speaking of games that I am super excited about, uh, 
Next month, we're a little over a month away from Batman Arkham Knight. And I thought I knew everything there was to know about this game. I thought it was going to be another, you know, a new Arkham game made by the Rocksteady guys. The Batmobile was going to be the big thing. I was I was happy. I was pretty stoked. They've revealed now uh, combo moves with multiple heroes, and it, it's it's beyond that. It's it's that multiple. Um, there are scenarios in the game and situations where you will be playing essentially more characters than just Batman. So you might the the video they showed um, Batman and I think Robin or Nightwing were attacking a bunch of dudes like they coming coming in Batman style from the roof. And uh, and then the, while you're controlling Batman with the slick animation system and fight system they already have, the computer is controlling the other guy and you have a button that allows you to switch back and forth at the drop of a hat and you can build up a combo with one guy, switch to the other and, and, and use the special abilities. And, and uh, then there's like combo special moves between using both characters and stuff it looked pretty sick i i was enthused when i saw it oh i need to check this out um it, batman like i feel like i'm so behind on batman games because i love the first of the batman this new batman series and um you purchased one as a gift for me that i haven't played i think that was arkham city arkham city the fact you haven't played that game it, i tears need to me play it i know it's gonna be super fun because i've played the first one and um the way you describe this uh, arkham knight thing actually sounds like it's gonna be a really exciting uh, inclusion in the batman uh gaming franchise um it's so funny it, that uh that, that batman is like the the superhero game to really own and play it's by far the best one from it, it's all about TLC, man. It's all about the love and, and, and energy. You can see the guys at Rocksteady have and the time that they've been given. Like they don't need to tie into a movie release. They don't need to do anything. Uh, it, it's, really, it's really cool. So Arkham Knight is going to be the last sort of the go big uh, finale to that series. And I, I'm really excited for it. I will say I am a little skeptical of controlling other heroes and all this i i always like batman better as a lone wolf um and so that's a little bit you know my spider sense to borrow from another hero is tingling a little bit but i think it's going to be good I'm, like, I'm excited as like gimmicky well you know you were skeptical about shadow shadows over mordor and uh you really turned out yeah it turned out yeah. good yeah. all right so Next story here. Uh, Bo, you want to handle this one? Well, <laughs> Ubisoft, Ubisoft's Assassin's Creed Unity was our bad. Next one will be awesome, we promise. I mean, <laughs> essentially, I think um, you know Ubisoft came forward and apologized and acknowledged all of the complaints regarding uh, the latest entry into the Assassin's Creed, which I don't play Assassin's Creed. I haven't since the second one. And um, I've heard news like when you hear about a game being, you know, very disappointing um, and you don't even play it, you know that uh, it's affected a lot of people. And um, it's kind of what's kind of striking about this is that they're not promising to support the game they released. They're saying, oh, don't worry, the next one will be better. And that's it's, kind well, of. Well, they have, you to, know, to, OK, in their defense, 
their their defense, they've already released a sizable amount of patches and addressed a lot of the concerns Have with they? regards to it. Yes. Okay. With, with, however, it doesn't change that the overall game design of Assassin's Creed Unity may have not been the best to begin with, right? But they have already, they definitely have addressed, they, they, they released, um, they gave some DLC away that they were going to charge money for to at, at free to the people who bought it before they did all the fixes um, to to sort of say, hey, you know, our bad. Uh, so so that that's great. I, I like that. Um, but they have never until recently, and, and this isn't an article from Polygon we're pulling from here, they had they had not like had the core developers stand up and sort of take ownership uh, at the fact that um, Unity was t- disappointing. And, and now they're doing it, but they're doing it sort of in, in a way to promote the next one, Assassin's Creed Syndicate, which is their annual release for this year. Now, I admit, I look at Syndicate. It's set in London. It, um, it's in the Victorian era. It looks pretty slick in the trailers. But, you know, Unity did as well. And there's some there's some uh, bad blood, I guess. People, people feel let down uh, by Ubisoft. And honestly, Assassin's Creed needs a break as well. So I don't know how much enthusiasm they're going to generate this year for Syndicate. Uh, I know I'm a huge Assassin's Creed fanboy, and I didn't play Unity because I was scared away. First of all, I, I didn't have a PS4 at that time, and my PC would have really struggled. But secondly, I, I, the bad reviews just scared me away. Um, yeah. And uh, and I, that's not to say I won't play Unity at one point, but I'm not, I'm not, I won't be rushing to the store on day one to buy the new Assassin's Creed. They've damaged your reputation. Yeah, and that's sort of what this, this means to me overall is that uh, there are gaming companies, and we mentioned Cyber 2077 from CD Projekt Red. At the end of that trailer, it's like release date is when it's ready. And, um, you know, I'm a Blizzard fanboy and a lot of that stuff is we'll release it when it's ready. And when I think about the Assassin's Creed franchise, because I don't want to... I'm a big Rocksmith fan from Ubisoft, so I feel like I don't want to paint the entire Ubisoft pantheon of games with the broad brush. But the Assassin's Creed feels like, hey... um, you know, it's been a few days. Isn't there a new Assassin's Creed releasing today? Where is it? Like, you, you kind of expect one to be dropping, like, all the time on some platform. And I think, I think that's, I think the fact that there are bad ones is what's happening with this kind of strategy. And they need to really look at, I think they have really big fans. The Assassin's Creed has a fan base that is dedicated to them. I've seen people with statues and things on Twitter. Uh, they really need to do, to to um, respect the fans of that franchise and start releasing their games like they do. This is not do. the first Assassin's Creed to be released poorly. But th- this is it is the the worst release of an Assassin's Creed in the franchise history in terms of performance. Um, it I I would say that the one thing about Ubisoft is it clearly it. Konami has recently announced that it's moving away from games and focusing on other revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Ubisoft is very much into games and, and definitely Assassin's Creed is its cash cow that allows them to do a lot of the other things. And you mentioned Rocksmith. I guarantee you that game does not sell that that well. Uh, and, and there's other games like um, all the arts, UB art games 
um, Child of Light, uh, Valiant Hearts, that World War One game. Like they yeah. can only do those games because the Assassin's Creed cash cow is feeding the the, the front end. So it's kind of like a it's a mixed thing, right? Yeah, like I don't want to pretend like I fully understand what's going on, you know, in Ubisoft. I just know that if I were a fan of the Assassin's Creed games and I had I. I started to feel like they just were taking my money but not delivering a you know a quality experience then um you know that that's 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 wrong that's bad you know it's we pay Fair our hard earned cash to get uh, you know a usable product uh yeah so tell speaking, us it's going to take 6 months later speaking of hard hard earned cash uh Oculus Rift uh, they finally announced and this is another step towards it being a real thing that we can buy um Oculus Rift has announced the PC requirements uh, to have your sort of the best Oculus experience. Uh, I, I think these are closer to recommended than required, but but still they're they're beefier than what I have right now, and it makes me realize that I'm going to have to to upgrade if I want the best Oculus Rift experience uh, next year when it releases. Makes total sense, except I'm not clear on it's an, it's the consumer version of the Oculus Rift. Yeah. Um, so just to clarify, these are the specs for it. You're going to need an NVIDIA GTX 970 or AMD 290 equivalent or greater. I'm way behind on that. Yeah, me um, too. Intel i5, uh, 4590. Not sure what the 4590 means, but an Intel i5 or greater. So I think we both have i7s. We're covered there. Eight gigs of RAM. So I just, I just make that benchmark. What about you? I think so. Yeah. I'd have to check. We're going to get to the point where we're going to start needing 16 and 32 and, and 64. Um, compatible HDMI 1.3 video outputs. Most video cards have that. We're going to need two USB ports. I already knew that from, from my um, development kit edition. And Windows 7 or greater. Uh, free copy of Windows 10 is just around the corner. So that's probably... The big thing here is the video card and the RAM probably for most people. Yeah. yeah, and and video cards are complicated. I tried to recently upgrade and got totally hosed. So I mean, like, I'm I'm I bought my computer in 2011, and so I'm I'm looking, you know, maybe thinking about getting a new one, and this could be the tipping point. I still need to see, and I think this goes back to the E3 stuff. I need to see a game that's Oculus Rift, uh, not supported, but almost made for the Oculus Rift. And my feeling is that game is going to be the new Mirror's Edge game. Um, I, I'd love to play a Mirror's Edge game on Oculus. Yeah, the new there's a new one coming out, and I, I, my feeling is it's going to be focused on the VR component. Um, but but we'll see. Uh, anyway, it's it's uh, it's going to be an upgrade for me. Another, another big one is the. Um, the Eve Online guys, CCP, uh, they're making a, a, an Oculus only game, the Eve Valkyrie, which is a space shooting game. Yeah. And um, they haven't, you know, they they tried to make a foray into the first person shooter realm and didn't do so well with Dust Five Fourteen, I think. Yeah, I remember. So I'm a little like, Mm-mm-mm. and they canceled their World of Vampires or whatever that that vampire MMO that sounded super amazing that got canceled. So I don't know this. It might be vaporware, but um, if that does get released and really becomes a thing, that would be exciting too. What I'm really curious about, and they haven't said yet, and I'm hoping maybe E3 might shed some light on this, is are the updated specs for the consumer version. The thing that bothers me the most about the Oculus Rift experience right now is the screen door effect. Um, I'd really love to see some smaller, more denser pixels on the screen because... Uh, 
I find it detracts from from my experience personally. All right. Fair enough. So if there's nothing more to add on that, the one last little mention before we wrap up the news is that Civilization Beyond Earth gets a new expansion, Rising Tide. And um, essentially what this means amongst a bevy of features is that you'll be able to colonize the oceans in a way that isn't possible in the Civilization, you know, regular game, uh, Civ Five, the most recent edition. Uh, it looks like you'll be able to construct like cities, and there'll be sea monsters in on the alien planet that you've colonized. And um, so, as a Civilization fanboy, this is uh, a definite pre-order for me. I'm, uh, and this is an example of expansion backs taking a game rather than being additional content they take a game and just develop it and make it better and more complex so um i'm looking forward to the new to the new to the new thing i also noticed that um civilization beyond earth is on sale on steam right now i think it's like 50% off or something i am it's not for me I barely put any time into Civ Five, much less going beyond the it's, Earth. It's kind of Civ with a new coat of paint and some adjusted rules and, and aesthetics. So if you don't like Civ, you won't like Beyond Earth. Yeah, no, I, it's not that I don't like Civ. I just don't like. I haven't. If you got, don't play it, yeah, I'm if not. You play gonna, it like I play The Witcher. Yeah, that's how I play. <laughs> like you play The Witcher. Uh, Civilization is my Witcher. It seems like a travesty that I haven't played Witcher, honestly. <laughs> I don't. I don't think. I don't think it is, except for the fact that CD Projekt Red is is a very big PC focused company. They they are the company responsible for GOG, uh, good old games, and um, I would say that uh, that they're a company that I like to support whenever I can. So even though I tend to get their games super cheap, just due to the constant sales. Well, that's a good argument to make. All right, so I think that wraps up our readme.txt. Are you ready for games per minute? I'm ready, Bo. Let's go. You always talking about making kids' minds like vegetables. Talk about them out on the street, smoking pot. This is Games Per Minute. How do you feel about cutting his head off? This is Games Per Minute, where we talk about what we've been playing in the past week since the most recent episode of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. Uh, Crofton, let's start with you this week. Um, what have you been playing? All right, so this is going to turn into Crofton playing the same game over and over, but this is the <laughs> deal. I got a lot of obligations, so I'm still playing Xenoblade Chronicles, and I'll, I'll be honest, uh, this is on the 3DS, and I'll be honest, I'm going to, I'm past the point of like acquiring the taste now. I'm like, I am in, so I'm enjoying it big time. The combats all come together. Uh, I'm getting into the the minute to minute gameplay and the story is pretty interesting and all this. So I feel like I will be mentioning Xenoblade Chronicles again and again and again uh, in the weeks to come because it's got it's got a ton of content. It's one of these beefy uh, JRPG uh, games. Um, that said, I wanted to take a moment uh, to talk about the other game I'm I'm playing because Xenoblade is you know it's on the 3DS. Uh, which is great and all, and I, I do travel in this, but I, I'm often sitting on my couch playing it, looking at my 52 or 55 inch or whatever television on the wall that's not being used, and it is a little it is a little ridiculous. So I I decided to crack open the shrink wrap on one of the games that came with the PS4 uh, that I got earlier this year, and that's Grand Theft Auto 5. Bo, have you heard of this game? Uh, what what's Grand Theft Auto 5? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. of course I've heard of it. So also, it's... Y- you've it, played it on PS3, right? That's correct. I played it... Uh, yeah, I think PS3 so That's why you have a shrink-wrap PS4 version, because yeah, they released I had already finished the yeah. game. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I had played it before, and um, I think, you know, it's been in the news a lot because they've just released the PC version. There's a bunch of mods happening. There's a bunch of, you know, excitement swelling around the game in this. And so I just said to myself, you know, I don't want a game that's going to detract too much from Xenoblade Chronicles because I don't want to quit on it, and it's it, it's a lot of fun. And and I am playing both games at the same time, but it's clear that I'm more interested in playing Xenoblade because it's just it's new content and also for other reasons which i'll talk about uh in a second here so gta 5 um one one thing bo that i find interesting um is that this is sort of like a resurfaced version like a an enhanced version of the one you mentioned the ps3 and stuff um yeah. S- yeah. so i was kind of not dubious, but I was I was wondering how it was going to look. Um, and plus, I had just played Infamous Second Son, which is um, a PS4 exclusive, and the graphics are top-notch on it. Previous to that, I'd played Watch Dogs, which is in another open-world city game. And I thought, man, this is just going to be like an up-res version of an old-gen game and this sort of thing. Um and uh, then I put it in, and I was like, "Holy shit, this looks good!" Uh, it's that it, much better, right? It's it's for, okay. So visually, it's super impressive. I can't say uh, uh, that it's not. But what what the thing that that strikes me this time really um, is the sheer amount of detail that goes into it. And I've seen I've seen articles like uh, Danny O'Dwyer at GameSpot did this video feature about why worlds like Watch Dogs feel artificial and, and, and worlds like um, uh, the world in Grand Theft Auto feel real. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely felt it this time making the transition. It feels like a lived-in place. The, the level of detail is just astounding. Like no mm. recycled textures, no recycled anything. So like I'll give you an, I'll give you an example. Um, I'm walking – I'm sort of walking on the street with the character that you kind of start the game with. And I'm just looking around and I'm – one of the big new features is first-person mode. So it allows you to really sort of take in all the bells and whistles and people are having conversations on the street. Stuff's going on. I'm like, wow, this is sweet. Then I look up and, and the telephone poles, instead of all being kind of like the same, they're all kind of like – one's a little – teetered a little bit and others are like each individual telephone pole is kind of kind of different and then there's like shoes hanging from the wires which is um sneakers hanging from the wires and a couple of places in in the neighborhood where my guy's from which is uh you know an indicator that some drugs are sold uh in Uh, those establishments uh, or whatever but it's not they serve no functional gameplay purpose it's just a little touch like it's you might never even look up there honestly before first person mode i would never have looked up and and seen uh, seen these sneakers just drape and you can see the laces and all that and uh, i was just like man the level of detail is ridiculous in this game um and it it puts out all other games to shame but and i'm going to come back to this i'm sure as we i continue to play GTA 5 for a second time, it really suffers with regards to the fact that you are playing as a total douchebag all the time. <laughs> really, uh, like it, 
you're yeah. not a hero. Like in that game, there's no paragon or renegade path. Like you're clearly a dick. Yes, yeah. you're uh, criminal. I'll, I'll... Like uh, you know, you but you, the world the world bends to you. All three characters, because you play three different characters, are different shades of dicks or psychopaths. And <laughs> different shades of dicks. It, okay. And yeah, it like it's really it's really annoying. So even though the first guy you play is Franklin, he's sort of like an up and comer coming kind of gangbanger a little bit, but like he he. He's trying to do good, but really he's just trying to go up in the world and will do anything that anybody tells him to do for no reason. Trevor, who got the most press for this game, is a, just a, a crazy psychopath that just kills everyone for no reason. And and Michael is this middle-aged guy who is essentially what happens after you win a video game like this. Like he's 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 pulled off a giant heist he's now retired and has a wife that hates him and a kid that hates him and uh and like you think you think that he might be oh you know maybe a little more relatable but now he's a dickhead too like uh so they're all they're all dickheads and it, it is difficult when you're playing a game like xenoblade chronicles that is about these earnest young kids it's all jrpg tropes right trying to save the world and do good for their friends and family yeah and 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 then you cut back to to these dickheads doing dickhead things for dickhead reasons <laughs> it, it's it's hard and it's hard too because the game is so well made like everything about it is amazing the the design i wish they could take the world of grand theft auto and just like and maybe this is what the mods on pc are doing but like use it for other games i'd like to play a superhero game where i'm a superhero in the world of grand theft auto uh, instead of being a dickhead, you know. So, I, um, I I will say I will say it's fun, but it's always tempered with that. Like I would rather be somebody else or playing as somebody else, you yeah, know. That would be like my biggest. Like I don't necessarily have a problem with any adult related content. Like I, my understanding is you can go, you know, engage uh, if in, in prostitute. Like you can hire a prostitute to service you in that game, for example. Like. I don't mind the adult content or even questionable content, but what I kind of don't like about the Grand Theft Auto games is is what you sort of said right there, which is just there you like there's no choice about your agency in that world. Like you are there to cause destruction, mayhem and and to um to engage in a story that's about a selfish, horrible person, you know. But see, Grand Theft Auto Four had where you played as Nico Bellic and stuff. He he's like an immigrant that was sh- sort of shell shocked from a war, and like yeah, he he's fairly reprehensible in his own right. But there was something about him that you could get behind. There was something in his cousin Roman and all this, and they got on. And uh, while there was bad things that happened. They they felt like people and they had redeeming values, whereas whereas the characters in GTA Five they all feel like people too. But there's nothing redeeming about any of them really. They're all horrible people, and uh, I find that annoying because Rockstar can clearly make characters that you can get behind. And the guy from the Ballad of Gay Tony. Not gay Tony, but like the the other the guy you play. He was like not a not a bad guy either you know like it so i feel like that they can do it they they just 
They choose not to for whatever reason. Um, I think of Red Dead Redemption and John, John Marston, and I, I, he was like a perfect rock star hero in that you could get behind him but realize that he was flawed at the same time. I thought that's amazing and makes me like that game much more than I like GTA Five. Maybe there's some sense of you're doing things that are, quote, wrong in the context of the game fantasy, but you kind of can relate. Like, um, you know, something about the story makes you frustrating that you'd feel like you'd want to kill some person and you kill them in the game, even though you'd probably not do it in real life. Like, there's a relatability there, you know, to that kind of playing in fantasy. There's context given. There's context given, for sure, because when you start playing GTA V... There's a the first scene in the game is a prologue to the actual game and it takes place in whatever is the equivalent of kind of the New York State area during winter time and in that prologue the game immediately starts with you guys you and your buddies pulling off a heist like you're exiting a bank that you've just robbed and then a bunch of cop cars arrive and then you just to escape you literally have to mow down cops like so the the first thing that they're telling you to do in the game is to kill cops and you have no there's no way to get around the cops there's no way to escape without killing the cops it's just like you have to these are bank robbers that have been busted and they got to shoot through the cops to get out and you have no choice on that that's just that's just their personalities that's the the concept so I mean, I find that that is a frustrating element. I like having choice about how I behave in a video game. And I I really feel like while you do to a certain extent, once you get to San Andreas, um, it's not like you can't really – all your options are different shades of being a dick, I find. so. Well, it's too bad then. (laughs) But I think that game has its audience. But it's not just it, – the problem is that this is the game that the most – of any game I've ever played, this is the game the most TLC has gone into. And it really feels frustrating to me in that regard because I, I want to play this world, this new virtual uh, world with the great graphics of the PS4 and all this. I'm going to play it further, but I know I'm, again, like I was last time, going to be constantly annoyed by the I- insane – idiocy of the dickheads that i control you know so uh um, anyway you should send it you should send rockstar an email and tell them you want the expansion to feature a story about a good guy criminal and they're they are talking about more story content so who who knows maybe yeah. they'll have well, i feel like some. this is a new generation so they have a real opportunity to continue making stories in their their new game world at, like their new engine or whatever it is they've done all right um for my what are part, you playing, Bo? Yeah, for my part, I've been playing Heroes of the Storm. Um, and that's quite literally all I've played last week. I, I meant to crack open something else, but I just didn't get around to it. Uh, yeah, so um, a new hero was released. That's always a big event in MOBAs and um, or Team Brawlers, as Heroes uh, PR likes to refer to itself, in order to distinguish itself from a MOBA. Um, it's a MOBA. Yeah, it's a MOBA. Uh, so Kael'thas is a face-melting champion. He took me a while to figure out, but, um, now that I've figured him out, he's a lot of fun to play, and, uh, yeah, if you haven't, I don't know, like, it's gonna be an open beta, I think, pretty soon, and the launch date's pretty soon, so I I recommend Kael'thas as a champ. He's quite literally in every game, as, you know, whenever a new hero's released, they're played in every game. And what what does he uh, 
like what game does he come from? He's from World of Warcraft. He was a I know he was a boss in the dungeon in in one or two dungeons in Burning Crusade. And I'm not sure that you fought him in a raid, but he his story was intertwined with um the infamous uh, Sunwell Plateau, you know, raids there where you go to fight kill Jaden um or kill Jaden. I was in in Burning Crusade. I was still sort of leveling, so I wasn't really part of the whole end game content really until I got around to Wrath of the Lich King. So, um, but a lot of people have fond, he's a fondly remembered character from the Warcraft is he, lore. Is he powerful in Heroes of the Storm? Yeah, well, you've played Hearthstone. You know how annoying Pyroblast is. In yes, the, yeah, one of his ultimates is Pyroblast, <laughs> and it's uh, really fun yes. because he winds it up like a baseball. He's got to channel it for two seconds, which is a real drawback. But if he does launch it, there's this slow moving fireball that 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 spreads across the map. Um, that locks onto its target that nothing can stop. And so if you try and run away, it'll just follow you and follow you and follow you and eventually uh, blow you up. And uh, can, can you, like, draw it onto somebody else? Like, there's got to be something you no, can do. No, no. So line of sight doesn't affect this thing, whereas a lot of abilities like it, line of sight would. Um, that's the fun part. The only thing you can do is heal through it. And, you know, if you're topped up at max health, it won't kill you. And um, the other way, to there's a few little tricks you can use um, depending on what kind of hero you are to, you know, juke your way out of it. But if it hits you, it also does spl- incredible splash damage to everything around you. So you also need to stay away from your friendlies. So could you then just run into enemies and, like, hope the splash damage is going to massively damage them, there's, especially if you know you're going to die? There's no friendly fire. In, in Generally in MOBAs, there's no friendly fire. Oh, so I see. Uh, yeah, no, it that's not a strategy that works. Generally, you're dead. The good news is that because of the wind-up time it takes to cast it, it's a bad ultimate. Um, you usually end up taking the other one, which is a fire phoenix that shoots fire. But um, it's the less, it's the least flashy of the two. Two seconds doesn't sound long. It's long in a MOBA. I mean, two seconds is like, hey, that guy's casting Pyroblast. Hit him with something. You know, like, go mess him yeah. up or run away. Uh, it has a range. So if you run out of its range before he winds up his baseball... Uh, then you can escape it. Having played a bunch of games with it, I can I can tell you it's it's better to go Phoenix. I've had more success that way. The other kind of fun thing he does is um, he shoots uh, this living bomb on people, and so it sets the guy on fire. And after a few seconds, it explodes. And if you spec out your character properly, the explosion will spread other living bombs to other characters. So if if your enemies are in a nice tight clump of you know dudes and you cast some living bombs on them. They all explode on each other and cast other living bombs on each other and generally all die. It's fun. Tight clumped of dudes. A tight clump of uh, dudes. One might um, say a critical mass of dudes, as I'm fond of saying something. <laughs> so, are you still playing with Scott Johnson and his crew? Or? Uh, yep. So uh, I don't have anything to announce just yet, but Scott Johnson is organizing a, uh, is trying to organize a, you know, sort of a Heroes of the Storm frog pants community tournament sort of deal there's no details to be released just yet but uh i have been asked to be on scott's team and i'm more than excited to be playing on there uh so yeah so we've been playing i've been playing uh i've basically that's what's been driving a lot of my uh play time is that there are a lot of people out there who actually enjoy playing with me and before all of this i was playing by myself solo queue so it's actually nice to meet some level-headed rational people who aren't jerks as uh, MOBAs are often filled with those things 
uh, some very cool people to be playing games with. So yeah, yeah, that's... it makes a big makes a big so, difference. Like I've got a reputation now. I was on the um, I was on the uh, Into the Nexus pre-show, and there was a guy in the chat saying, "Oh, tell Gorath to play his Nova. I want he's so good at it. You want to play it?" And then I was like, "All right, I guess I'll play Nova." And um, we lost the game, and I was like, I was like feeling the pressure of like, oh, some some person out there is like wants to see me play this thing. I better not suck. Is so that can... your best guy? Um, yeah, by far, I, I play the best with Nova. So um, Nova's from StarCraft. She's a StarCraft character. She's a, a ghost, yeah. like a ghost, yeah, know, invisible snipery person. Even I know that one. <laughs> you need oh. to hop into some games, my friend. I maybe maybe sometime. Maybe. I'm still on the fence. Heroes hype train. Um, All right, but yet yeah, uh, I've been playing tons of heroes. So, and uh, when there's more information regarding the Heroes of the Storm tournament that I'll be a part of, I'll be sure to be talking about it here. Watch the space. Sweet. Hello there, Bo here. Uh, just a quick little ad break. To let you guys know about another great podcast that uh, is a part of our podcast family called Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Three guys, Bo, Michael, and Crofton, select a topic at random using the random topic generator and debate whether it's good, bad, or bullshit. If you like this, I know you'll like Good, Bad, or Bullshit. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher or visit our site goodbadbull.com for more information. And now, without further ado, I'm going to return you to our regular programming of the Exclamation Mark Podcast. All right, so uh, I think it's time to move on to something a little different. Do you agree? I agree, Bo. I always, I'm very agreeable. You are agreeable. So this is the dialogue tree. Now that there's one fine dialogue tree. It's All right. So what do we got? What do we got here this week? Our topic of conversation in the dialogue tree, Bo. What are we? What will we be discussing today? We're going to discuss intentionally dumb games. <laughs> uh, so you may have seen such intentionally dumb games in your Steam catalog. Uh, these kind of games include uh, Goat Simulator. Uh, the new cat lateral damage um kerbal space program i think might be an intentionally dumb game i am bred and surgeon simulator anyways you kind of get what we're going for here it's games that kind of market themselves on the oh my god they made a game about this you need to check it out and you need to buy it factor uh certainly if you visit any of the large news gaming news sites like IGN and GameSpot you'll see articles about these games and you'll be like why why do I want to read about I am bread it's a game about a piece of bread like it's true like be trying to become toast yeah so that's today's discussion in the dialogue tree uh is it is are intentionally dumb games dumb and should we not give them our money or you know is it cool well, I do. I do feel slightly ill-informed on this topic. Is you just read out a list of games, none of which I have played, but you've uh, heard of. I definitely have heard of them. I think, like, look, when it comes to video games, I like that they are now more expansive and omnipresent than ever. I, I like. I don't want a hundred zillion military shooters. I don't want a hundred zillion like 
uh, our, you know, JRPGs or whatever. I, I want to see variety variety in my games. And yeah, there's some ridiculous sounding games that I would not play. And honestly, I think a lot of these games are developed in in this new generation that we're in, where people want to share experiences. And I think that there are experiences that you can YouTube and share. And I know Kerbal Space Program. There's all these like horrific space launches and physics gone awry that people like to share and and this so i you know i can't be begrudge that too much i think it's kind of neat i think for my part though like what sort of strikes me about this game is i feel the same way as you games are a creative medium i like games make all kinds of games game creators you know experiment i mean i'm i love modding i will play around with mods in my games um the but the kind of thing that irks me a little bit about intentionally dumb games is, is you're being asked to, you know, pay for a game. And I, I bring up Goat Simulator is by far the one that's received the most press, like editorial editorial press about should this be a game? Should we be having games like this? Because I think it quite literally, and I didn't buy it, but from my understanding from the marketing, it's quite literally a game where you blow up your goat and see what happens. And it, it's marketed, you know, jokingly. Like simulate like games with simulator in it are like flight simulator. Like they're very highbrow. They have an audience of people who know S- Street Cleaning Simulator Bo? <laughs> Euro Truck Euro- Simulator. Euro Truck Simulator 2. But you know, in Euro Truck Simulator, like I've seen some footage from that. You're parking your truck. Like it seems like it's trying to simulate some real stuff in it, you know. Um, for people who want that simulator experience. Goat Simulator is not that. Um, but it, is it a simulator? Sure. But I feel like a lot of it's marketed on the game hype of being a goat simulator and not on an actual, let's make the best goat gameplay possible. And I could be wrong. But I'm very hesitant about this. And the reason we included it was because I suggested the item after seeing... This thing called cat lateral damage. Now, um, PewDiePie, a famous YouTuber, uh, has made like a video of him playing cat lateral damage. And you know, that's the internet hype marketing machine. That's the way it sort of looks now. And it, but uh, I'm watching the gameplay, and you literally are a cat in the game. And your job in cat lateral damage is to knock things off of tables, like real cats do. Like, have you ever wanted to be a cat? It's it's all the, it's just knocking stuff. You get points for knocking stuff off tables and making the most mess possible as a cat. And you first hear that and you go, oh, that's so funny. That is hilarious. But guess what? They're going to charge you 10 bucks for for the experience. And my gut reaction was, this isn't a gameplay experience. Like calling it a game, I guess it's got mechanics and there's things you do and it provides you with some laughs. But, you know, a game I think provides a bit more... Then that, it seems like a mod. It's almost like charging for a mod, except it's original content. And I'm I'm like, I'm not going to pay for this. Uh, if I play it for free and they've made something really special, I'd consider donating. But um, I don't like, I don't necessarily, like this isn't a product I'm going to buy. And I'm a little bit like, what are the ethics behind marketing something as a game when it's kind of based on a joke? And I- I, I'm a little bit like... Yeah, I, I'm. It's a free country, a, but 
I'm pretty much on the total opposite side of you on this. I think it's creative. I think it's neat. I think I would rather play, you know, have these different experiences that are available. And like $10 isn't $70. And it's like you can, in this age of streaming, you can see what exactly it is that you're buying. And I think there's tons of ways that you can make, you know, playing as a cat, uh, you know, interesting or hilarious. Uh, there was a game released for the PlayStation 2 uh, way back back when uh, I think like early 2000s called Mr. Mosquito where you play as a mosquito and you go around like giving sexy Japanese ladies the once over with your mosquito <laughs> thing because it's a Japanese uh, game and th there's 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 other mosquitoes. like there's other and that game sold for like 60 bucks right oh my like god I I mean th you there's kidding 60 dollars yeah, because that's how much new games cost, and it was a full retail PS2 game. This is before, uh, you know, we had these indie games or or easy access to lower price point games. Like there are a lot of there are a lot of games that are either based on a joke or or um, uh, sort of play with the idea of of humor to deliver a gameplay experience. I know last year uh, during E3 they announced for Dead Rot. Um, the latest Dead Rising game, the one that's on Xbox One, they released like essentially it was a joke DLC pack uh, of spoofing all of Capcom's games. Like it was, uh, you know, super ultra mega blah, 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 mixed Street Fighter with with um, Mega Man and all this sort of stuff into ridiculous content for this zombie game. It was essentially a joke title and joke concept. But like, I mean, there's it's fan service and people were interested in it there's tons of people interested in cats i could see why you'd make a game where you can play as a cat yeah like, you know it struck me as genius at first but a part of me was just a little bit like oh, it's gonna be a dumb game like you know and, and there's a little like it's not going to be and maybe i'm wrong like i'd want to read a review i'm not but i assume that the gameplay aspect the game part is not going to be very complex and probably I, not I, I question I feel like the price of a lot of games is really in flux about what we're paying and what constitutes value in a game. But I look at I look at that and I say there's probably not a lot of actual like game value in this. It's there for the lulls and I was a little bit like, ah, like you know, and you mentioned like I'm looking at screenshots of Mr. Mosquito right now. God, what a ripoff that game looks like. <laughs> like it, it like it first of all it's pervy but i'm sure that was intended and and it's like why would i play this i know but just because like, it's not it's for you doesn't mean it, doesn't mean it's not for somebody right like somebody's going to i wonder how much i wonder if you own mr mosquito i wonder how much that would sell for uh, like i'm curious <laughs> go, let's I'm, go to ebay and find i'm out curious it. how many people own mr mosquito but uh, I wonder if there are any f actual fans. Like everything has a fan, but like, can a game like that actually have a fan? I don't know, but I I understand where you're coming from. I understand because I've not shelled out any money for these games, but I I do think that. Uh, uh, one of the big sales points is the randomness because I think that there's a certain amount of randomness. There are certain uh, amount of um, things that can happen only 
in your game that nobody you'll see something that nobody else will ever see. You see a lot of this in Grand Theft Auto 5 too where there's some ridiculous things that can happen and just with the physics and with the world and all this you can create um uh, one of a kind moments and as we are in the share everything culture I think people like you know throwing up on Twitch throwing them up on on Twitter or whatever say hey check out this crazy thing that happened in Goat Simulator or whatever. So anyway, I can't begrudge them any all right well i think i'm generally with you on the uh the idea behind uh you know intentionally dumb games as, as being part of this sandbox we're all exploring and we should all be supportive of everyone's creative efforts um but i am a little like they won't be giving them my money like all right. I, and i spent a lot of money on games i you know if i feel like there's no value in it you better be charging me 99 cents you uh, just lost a whale, folks. <laughs> He's a whale. I'm a whale. All right. Um, and so, with uh, do you have anything left to say on intentionally? Dumb no, games? no. I think we beat it to death. This uh, tree is now sawdust. All right. Then let's move on to this. Inventory management is a challenging and inexact science. Welcome to Inventory Management, where we answer the question, spend your cash or vendor trash? And um, I think it's going to be a somewhat unique uh, inventory management experience this week because we didn't have anything new that we played. Um, I'm going to take first crack and just say, I don't have a game to recommend this week, but I did go see Avengers 2. And... um, I also did. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, why haven't you seen it? I have some nitpicks. Everybody's seen it. I've had some nitpicks with it, so I'm recommending it as my thing this week um, since I don't have a game to recommend. Uh, Crofton, do you have a game to recommend? (laughs) Just just before I answer that question, I would say about Avengers 2 – that I liked, I liked it quite a bit too. And one thing, as a huge comic book nerd, it's really exciting seeing them go full nerd on. Uh, like, they, they, if you if you took somebody who had not seen any of these Marvel movies and stuck them in that movie, just said like, "This is the first movie you're going to watch," they wouldn't know what the hell is going on. You know, like oh, it is yeah. just, it's just ridiculous. Um, and. The fact that a movie like that, that is not the beginning, not the end, but the murky middle of a giant comic book saga can make as much money as it is, which goes to show that people are watching the first movie. They're watching the, they're watching all these other movies. It makes my little nerd heart uh, gl- grow two sizes bigger because I'm just really happy that people are into this. But I do think that they're going to reach the point where the barrier of entry for new folks into these movies are going to be so high that they're going to have to either relaunch the entire cinematic universe or at one point they're just going to have to they're going to have to end it it because it's it's getting to the point where you need to have seen like five six movies for it to have made any sense to you. Yeah, and I th- the um you know the who's that is it Peter Skarsgård or you know the the yeah, Thor uh, scientist just, friend, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård or yeah. something like that. Um, my mom has seen the Thor. I, w- I went to go see it with my mother, and my mother's seen the Thor movies. And we were we were talking about the movie after we left, and she's like, "You know, there's some stuff that didn't make sense. Like, who was that guy?" And I'm like, "That's the guy from all these other movies with this storyline that happens, you know." And he's in the first Avengers movie. He t- doesn't he touch the 
whatever yeah. blobbity blue yeah, and gets mind control. The first, that's right. Mo- he's in the first yeah. Avengers. I'm like, movie. he's in all these movies. You don't remember him? And she's like, no. <laughs> but the other the other thing about that is is that um, that se- segment with Thor and going to the the pool and all that that was like if you read these interviews with Josh Whedon that was a really controversial. Um, I seg- heard a lot got cut out of that movie, right? Yeah, and it was a lot revolving around that because that scene really doesn't make uh, the whole thing doesn't make too too much sense at, at that point. Like uh, when you think about what he did there, but like um, uh, supposedly a lot a lot was cut. But that's that said, there'll be a long director's cut at one point, and I'm just enjoying being in that period. Yeah, I wonder. Where we are- I wonder how they let that out of the gate. Not that we want to get into a big debate about Avengers, but how can you be like, hey, we have this great movie. Let's make it not make sense and release. Like, let's go to bed at night knowing we did a good job on whatever we made because it doesn't make any sense. Like, somebody without a soul is responsible for that. And uh, I hope uh, they feel horrible and that. Because, anyways, like. You can't, you can't. uh, I. As much as it's fun to take the side of the director, in this case, Josh Whedon. Um, I'm taking I, the side of the viewer and watching something that's clearly insulting to me <laughs> into my intelligence. Well, I I, I think that there's a, the, the executives responsible for the Marvel movies know what they're doing and they've made a lot of money doing it and have generally put together high quality movies. So I... Uh, I, you know, I don't, there were some things that weren't perfect, but I generally liked it. And it was your recommend, not mine. So. Oh, yeah. No, I recommend it. I'm just, you know, if we're going to yeah. get into a, the, the nerd debate, about, I have nitpicks with it. and uh, But I think uh, you can find plenty of places to get that information a lot more accurately than for me. So um, my, yeah. my recommend is also not a video game. And that has, <laughs> that has to do Best with the video fact- game podcast in the world. Yeah, that, that I touched on the fact we're in a dry spell. I touched. I I also mentioned the two games I'm playing. I'm not ready to give Xenoblade Chronicles the full recommend yet, though I think it'll probably get there. GTA Five maybe a recommend in the future uh, as well, but I'm I'm going to need to play a little bit more of the remastered uh, version. So I don't want to I don't want to um, sell those. And I started thinking about a couple of the games I've liked in the past generation, but I feel like I would like to play them again or touch on them a little bit in conversation before giving them a full recommend so i thought about what i did this week and aside from avengers 2 one thing my wife and i watched this show on netflix which is an abc show uh, picked up by netflix called marvel's agent carter and it is part of the marvel cinematic universe and um it was really entertaining and i would you know i would argue more entertaining than Avengers 2, although in a different way, maybe equal, but over the – it's only eight episodes uh, and it's the direct sequel to the first Captain America movie. Um, oh. hmm. it, it, and uh, it follows uh, – because at the end of the first Captain America movie, uh, Cap gets frozen and then skips ahead to the – Spoiler to, alert. For- Present present time, yeah. Spoiler alert first. You don't know that by now. Though. Yeah, sixty yeah. year spoilers. Um, <laughs> but like he gets he gets frozen. But they sort of leave all the characters from the past behind, and this sort of catches up with them. Uh, and it, there's a great casting in it. It's, it's really funny. Uh, a really good story fleshes out the Marvel Cinematic Universe even even more. There's connections even into the the Avengers, into Black Widow, and all sorts of stuff stuff so it's really like it's it's eight episodes it's really worth uh, your time and i had just finished watching daredevil previously 
And it's funny to think that these two Marvel shows exist in the same same cinematic universe, but it goes to show you how flexible it is because Daredevil was good, but and Agent Carter is equally good, but it is it is lighter. Uh, and uh, I would I would very much give it a, a recommend for this video game light week. All right, so that's one I've been sort of on the fence about. So maybe I will check that one out. Okay, so uh, I think that wraps up our inventory management selections for the week, um, and that's pretty much going to close out the show, uh, Crofton. So uh, let's give out some uh, information about where you can find more about the EXM podcast. You can find our website at exmpodcast.com. There you'll find links to subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. We're mainly an audio show, so if you're watching on the video stream and you want the the full version with the awesome theme music, uh, then you'll want to be listening to the audio version of the show. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter to get updates about when we go live and when there are new episodes at exmpodcast.com. And finally, there we have a Facebook page, of course, at facebook.com slash exmpodcast. If you're listening to the audio version of this and say, what is this live stream business? Well, you can find us on Twitch TV slash EXM podcast. And we generally live stream our episodes starting last week, uh, Mondays at 745-ish, 8 o'clock-ish. <laughs> We're not going to peg down an exact time because Crofton and I have to spend some time talking about the show content prior to the show. All right, uh, Crofton, if our listeners want to find out more about what you're up to, uh, where can they do that? Uh, they can find me tweeting my video game thoughts away at Croft and Sears on Twitter. All right. And you can find me at Bo Schwartz on Twitter. And you can also find us on our sister podcast, the Good, Bad, or Bullshit podcast at goodbadbull.com. And yeah, if you like, uh, especially for those of you listening through Twitch, um, if you like this show, uh, it's not video game related, but we talk about a bunch of different topics. It's pretty interesting. I think that you would like it. You should check it out. We've talked about extreme sports last week, for example. That's true. Yeah, it was a good one. All right. Um, so now we close out our show with a little tradition that we call Master Game Theater. <laughs> It's now time for Master Game Theater. All right. And um, so who's doing this week's Master Game Theater? I did it two weeks in a row, so I feel like it's your turn. All right. I can do this one. Plus, I played Portal 2. Cave Johnson was the J.K. Simmons character, right? Yeah. So this quote uh, is from Portal 2 involving Mr. Cave Johnson. Uh, and without further ado, <clears throat> I, will, I will do the scene. All right. Setting stage. Breathe in. Okay. All right. I've been thinking. When life gives you lemons, don't make lemonade. Make life take the lemons back. Get mad. I don't want your damn lemons. What am I supposed to do with these? Demand to see life's manager. Make life rue the day it thought it could give Cave Johnson lemons. Do you know who I am? I'm the man who's going to burn your house down with the lemons. I'm going to get my engineers to invent a combustible lemon that burns your house down. (laughs) 